Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit hellofreedomchurch.com. All right. Well, it's great having everybody today. God bless you. What a wonderful uh, time today just to be together in God's presence and in, together with all of just brothers and sisters. Uh, I know yesterday as a nation, we celebrated Veterans Day, and I don't know what that means to you, but to me, uh, Veterans Day is something that I just, uh, I, I just highly value. Uh, and I think it probably, I came upon it very honestly. My father uh, was drafted twice at the very end of World War II, but then uh, after he was drafted, but then the war ended. He did not serve 12 months, so when Korea came along, he was drafted again. Uh, my grandfather went to my father and said, because there were farmers, and said, uh, my father was Leroy, and he said, Leroy, I can get you out of this because if I, all I got to do is sign this piece of paper and you don't have to go in. And my father looked at his father and said, Dad... This is a calling. I'm going. I need to go. And it was something that I've always, I've just always had this such respect for men and women that have served in the military and for those spouses. Uh, Freedom is something that's been given to us. It's a blessing that we have, but, but it's not free, is it? And so with that in mind, I'm very honored today to introduce to you uh, Colonel Timothy Curry, uh, most recently served as the commander of the 319th Reconnaissance uh, Wing here in Grand Forks. Uh, Colonel Curry was responsible for organizing, training, equipping over 2,500 airmen to fly and support the U.S. Air Force uh, worldwide fleet of global air hawk uh, aircraft. He supported the U.S. Uh, air Force sole global hawk wing comprised of three groups, 14 squadrons, three detachments, executing a budget of $70 million and employing aircraft and equipment facilities valued at $5 billion. You thought you had it tough, right? I'm take that on. Uh, to be honest, uh, Colonel Curry has a long list of educational and military accomplishments uh, of which I don't understand all the acronyms, I'm sorry, but, but, but I know many of you do, uh, a, a fighter, a jet pilot, and just countless uh, just hours in, in aircraft. He's married to Jenny. They have four wonderful children. Uh, we are blessed to have them a part of uh, a Freedom Church. Uh, just, I was also blessed to share at his retirement ceremony back in June when he retired from his distinguished military career. Most importantly, he loves Jesus with all of his heart. Uh, and so would you please welcome to this platform, Colonel Timothy Curry. Thank you, Pastor. Jesus paid it all. So I, I don't know if I have a gift of tongues, but I did get a message, literally, as I was sitting there. And I kind of forgot what my name meant for an instant. Honoring God to honor is Timothy. Literally, I looked it up and I go, that's what it means, right? How do you forget that? So that was a message maybe for me. I just spent the last 48 hours traveling most of the state with my 11-year-old son's hockey team. Grand Forks, to Minot, to Williston, to Botano, where I handed off duties late last night to my wife, Jenny, who will finish my son's afternoon game in rugby for his last game. So they're tuning in right now, Jenny and Thomas are. I have my three other kids right here with me. I absolutely believe sports teams like the military are a great place to cultivate honor, not only for kids, but also for 
coaches, and parents, sports teams. I want to thank my kids, Trinity, Tommy, Tegan, and Titus, who helped me prepare this message this week, and they emphatically agreed, Dad, this needs to be 20 minutes or less. <laughs> you can thank them later, too. So here we go. Probably similar to most of you, if not all of you, I love to hear and share stories. So the plan for us this morning is to examine a few verses and stories from the Bible and consider how they still apply today in our lives as we strive to be Christians of honor. Christians of honor. I promise I'm not going to put you to sleep, but it is church. If you close your eyes, people will think you're worshiping or praying. So that's, that's okay. And also, I won't be offended. Cultivating a culture of honor. Throughout my Air Force career, I would ask myself this question, literally, throughout my entire career. Are you living an honorable life? Are you living an honorable life? I recognize that honor in today's society appears to be declining. Even so, stories of honor still seem to have power to move us. Think of veterans that served during World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, many other modern-day conflicts. Think of those veterans. Or in the case of my kids who love to watch movies, Think of Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> we saw many, many members willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice. I have to admit, I got a little choked up during that movie. Uh, my daughter Tegan looked over at me, and she had tears rolling down. She goes, Dad, is this real? I said, this movie is not real. But we have heroes and people of honor willing to put themselves in between the innocent and our adversaries. People of honor. But what about honor in our everyday lives? Spend some time in a crowd at a grocery store watching television, or even more troubling, on social media. It doesn't take long to figure out that large numbers of people in our society fail to display honor, or even to value it. Why is that? I can think of at least three reasons. Number one, they're uninformed of God's expectations of honor. They don't know the word of God. To be clear, God's culture is a culture of honor. He established it the minute he created Adam and Eve perfectly in his image. It was established then. Number two, some people have never committed to live honorably. And number three, some people willfully choose dishonor and disobedience. Let me be the first to say I've been all three of these people throughout my Air Force and faith journey all three at different times. That was me. With respect to number one, Christians have no excuse. We received our marching orders and expectations from God via his word, the Bible, which if you got it, you can turn to it. We're going to be in Second Peter today, or First Peter today. This is my Bible right now. It's kind of weird. I know. I'm not flipping through pages, but this is what I've adapted to. He gave us the Bible. He gave us his word, and then he displayed, it was displayed his honor ultimately was displayed through Jesus as he honored the Father, you and me, by paying for our sins, dying a horrific, appalling, and dreadful death on a cross over 2,000 years ago. That is honor. There is no excuse for us. As Christ followers, we ought to be the world's greatest example of high integrity and the most honorable men and women on the face of the planet as Christians. So what is honor today? Does it apply to us today? Absolutely. 
The world defines it in different ways, often over-focused on courageous aspects alone. But when the Apostle Paul and Jesus' closest disciple Peter told the Christians to be men and women of honor, they literally meant to treat others as valuable, significant, and worthy. Valuable, significant, and worthy. As if they were worth the weight of gold. Think about that. Think about the weight of gold. We all know there is value there. Culturally, I think the analogy and definitions still resonate 2,000 years later. I have to admit, cultivating honor myself has been a tougher task than I imagined it would be when I started basic training way back in 1994. That's how old I am. Throughout my career, I was often encouraged, even directed at times, by God and by fellow believers and pastors to go back to the source of honor, God. Go back to the source to learn how to live honorably. After 29 years in the military, living in 10 states, multiple countries, and supporting combat operations in the Middle East, Africa, Afghanistan, Korea, and other locations, my perspective on honor and how to develop it has changed in some ways. Maybe some of you can relate. I was raised in a Christian home, though I didn't accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior until I returned from my first combat missions in Iraq in 2003. So I am well into my adult life, despite being raised in a Christian home. Life circumstances, real circumstances, relationship circumstances, losing fellow service members, including pilots I flew with in combat, being extremely close to death and destruction, all of those things led me to intensely investigate Jesus Christ. I wanted to know, was he really who he says he was? Best decision of my life. If you're a college student or really anyone in here today that still is unsure about Jesus, investigate him today. Cross the line of faith today. Don't wait. Don't wait. In all my travels, missions, military, and civilian life endeavors, there is only one thing I'm 100% certain of. Jesus Christ is Lord. 100% certain of that. Right after I said yes to Jesus and said, yes, Lord, I believe you. I vowed to live my life from that day forward as a thank you to him for preserving me in combat and saving me for eternity. A little more context before we focus on the stories from the Bible. I'm the youngest of five kids. Two of my siblings served in the Navy. My father was in the Army, World War II veteran. He passed away when I was a junior at the Air Force Academy. My mother was a postal worker. She passed away just before I took command of Grand Forks Air Force Base in 2021. Similar to some of you, both of my parents grew up on farms. Different parts of America, but both grew up on farms. They taught me and my siblings that cultivation meant at a minimum, at a minimum, to maintain the harvest, but preferably to develop and improve the harvest. Or in this case, to develop or improve the culture, the environment, the understanding, and the practice of honor. My siblings and I learned at a very young age that honor was something our parents expected and practiced in their relationships with one another, with us as kids, and everybody that crossed their path. 
They endeavored to be people of honor. Honor doesn't happen by accident. It happens as a result of intentional leaders like our pastors and their spouses and their family members, like parents in this room, faithful teachers, professors, students, everyone in a position of influence who decides to sow the seeds of honor by knowing God's clear expectations and then what? Doing it. No, he expects you to be honorable and then do it. Go after it. Get after it, day in and day out. God has a lot to say about honor in the Bible. I was worried I wouldn't be able to make 20 minutes. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to talk for three days. They're going to kick me out of here. This is what I learned this week. Over 350 times, God mentions honor in the best-selling book ever in the history of humankind. 350 times. I didn't read all 350. I admit, I didn't but I felt like he was sending me through every single verse. I read dozens of stories that highlight 10 people at a minimum. There's a lot more, but 10 at a minimum. God says, you and I must honor. Not should honor, we must honor. This is his expectation. Today, we'll focus on a few from the list, but I think hearing all 10 is important because it gives you a sense for God, God's expectations, and just how hard it may be to pursue honor, but how good it will be to be honorable. Here we go. Honor God. Honor God. We all know that one. Honor your parents. Honor your spouse. Honor your spouse. Let's see if anybody's nudging anybody. <laughs> honor the elders. Honor your supervisors and managers. Honor church leaders. Honor government officials. Honor military and police. Honor your children. Honor your children. Honor your children. And last but not least, honor others before yourself. I think the Apostle Peter may directly or indirectly capture all of these people when he told the earliest Christians suffering religious persecution to honor everyone, love the family of believers, have respectful fear of God, honor the emperor or government authorities. First Peter 2.17, that's where we are, that's where we're gonna be for the rest of our time. Honor everyone. Honor everyone? Did God really say everyone? <laughs> everyone. Honor everyone. I admit, this has been extremely tough for me as I've journeyed the world and witnessed evil people at their worst, I mean, at their worst in combat zones. This has been tough for me. But as I've grown in faith and I've come... I've been comforted to know that when I do honor strangers or I do honor bad or evil people, I'm obeying and honoring God and becoming more like Jesus. Isn't that what we all want to do? Christians are to value all people. Think of the most vile, evil person you can imagine. Yes, even that person we are commanded to honor. There were over 60 million slaves in the Roman Empire when Peter shared these words as he helped stand up the early church. 60 million slaves. The Romans viewed them as a thing, property. They were not people with rights. Yet these slaves were created in God's image and had certain rights in his eyes. 
They were worthy to him. Significant to him. God's standard is that we value all people, regardless of who they are. He wants us to respect the dignity of every man and every woman. Before we became Christians, we had our own standards. I know I had my own, and they were very low. Once we became Christians, our standards changed. Our attitude is different. Our outlook is different. You guys have experienced that. Something is changing. We are a new creation, and we no longer think as we once thought. What value do you put on people? All people. What value do we put on people? Throughout my Air Force career, I'd ask myself, if God puts this value I just described on all human beings, should not the Christian also set the same value on every human being on earth? Should not I have the same value? These types of questions you want all believers to consider, every one of us, especially the ones in a profession like mine, focused on saving lives and, if required, delivering justice. You want me to think about honor. You want veterans to think about honor. You want people in uniform to think about honor and, more importantly, practice it. Honor everyone. If the first sentence of Peter's letter to the early Christians doesn't feel like he's speaking directly to us at Freedom Church, maybe the second will. Maybe the second will. Love the family of believers. You still with me? Love the family of believers. Christians belong to the family of the redeemed. This is the family of the born again, male or female, black, white, yellow, red, and brown. We are a family. In fact, Pastor Nathan put his hand on me, he prayed for me this morning, he said, you're speaking to your family this morning. Thank the Lord. My, I was so nervous, just instantaneously started to dissipate. Speaking to my family this morning. All believers have been washed in the blood of Christ. We sang about it. We've all been washed. Thank the Lord. This is a special love for fellow Christians, not the world in general. The biblical word for love here does not mean to gush over people. It means we do not hate other Christians. We love them. This love comes from where? The feeling of the Holy Spirit. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. His love, the Spirit's love, lives in you. That is awesome. That is awesome. To love your mother or father or wife, husband, or children, well, that doesn't take much effort, to be honest. To love all of God's people, including the irritable, the crabby ones, the ones that do not co cooperate, the ones who are less lovable, and the ones who just flat out rub you the wrong way, that's tougher. It's, it actually is tough to do, to love those Christians is a different story. It takes submission to the Spirit. Maybe you can relate. There have been times in my life during my career and throughout my faith journey where I became almost exclusively focused on 
a crowd of believers that I liked and was comfortable with. That's my story. There were times throughout my journey where I just kind of wanted to hang with this group of people because I was comfortable with those people. I admittedly was not interested in all of God's family, the broader family, this entire church. He expects us to be interested in everybody in here, the believers, the body. I actually found myself during a very bizarre time in my life, it was probably bizarre for you, called the COVID pandemic, where I nodded my head in agreement when people said, I love the Lord, but I'm not sure I need to go to church to love others and to worship. That's 100% truth. I'm not proud of that. It was not honorable. It was dishonorable, disobedient, in fact. And just before I took command of Grand Forks Air Force Base in 2021, God sent me right through those doors with my wife and my kids. I don't think that was an accident. I don't think that was an accident at all. Ginny and I reaffirmed what we know to be true and who we want to be. Faithful followers of Christ, committed to honoring and loving the family of believers in fellowship. This is our family. You are our family. Think about this. If all Christians believe they could live without encouragement of other saints, they could just do this on their own, they never wanted to come through or needed to come through the doors of Freedom Church, what would happen to the church? Not this church, not the physical church. We've heard our pastor say many times, we could go anywhere physically. I'm talking about the church, us. What would happen to us? We don't need to get together. We don't need to encourage each other together. We don't need to remind each other that honor is something that God values and expects. We don't need to do that. What would happen to the church? We must respect all men and women, but we love fellow Christians. I do not want to imagine what kind of leader I would have been and what the culture of the base would have been like had I not been prompted to walk through the doors of this church. I can't even imagine. Thank the Lord. Honor the emperor. Honor the king. That's a little K king, by the way. Yes, I just changed the order of the verse. We're going to come back to fearing God. Okay. Still with me? Okay, here we go. Honor the king. Honor the emperor. Honor in this instance is the same word as the beginning where Peter told us to honor everyone. Exact same word. God wants us to respect those who represent the government to us. I got to be honest. I was a little nervous about doing this. When I was in uniform, I could not talk about the government. Now... I can. So we'll see if I do this the way God expects. You think we are living in tough government leadership times? I see some head nods. I think we are. I think we are. The Apostle Peter wrote this letter around the time that Nero became emperor. Anybody done a little study on Nero? I bet there's some college students in here that have. 
Nero went on to kill more Christians than any other Caesar. This is the context of when he wrote this verse, Peter, under Nero, in the midst of that persecution. On every human level, they could not honor this man. He was a beast. He was a murderer. He was the most evil of people you could imagine. And Peter says, honor the emperor. In stark contrast, throughout my career, I've met every U.S. president. I've served under many commanders of chief, as well as many congressional representatives, whom I always called sir or ma'am, every single one of them, even as a colonel in the United States Air Force. They were, and they always will be, to me by virtue of their position. I honored and respected their office because that was God's expectation. Not always easy to do. When I was a wing commander on the base, every colonel, even the same rank as me, would salute me. Not because of me, because of my position as the wing commander. It was worthy of honor in our culture in our military culture. The government and government officials are worthy of honor. That one stings a little bit. It can be tough to do, but that's God's expectation. If anyone has reason to be a good citizen, it's a Christian. If anyone should be a patriot and a good citizen, it should be a Christian. We have more reasons for doing so. How would you like to live in a country with no laws, no military, no police, no government. No one wants to live in that country. No one in here wants to live in that country. I've walked the streets in foreign countries. I've walked those streets, those exact streets, and let me tell you what I saw and what I experienced. There is almost no honor. Almost no honor. There is virtually no peace, and there is painfully persistent thirst for love that makes me want to cry out, please come back today, Lord Jesus. We don't want to live in that environment. We want to live in a culture of honor. God's people should be sold on honoring the government because that is his expectation. Not mine, his. Okay, we're almost to the finish line. Almost to the finish line. Last message. I took them out of order on purpose. Fear God, have respectful fear of the Lord. Fear here is not fear of terror. I think you know that. We're talking about fear of awe. That's a different fear. Although I personally believe God is worthy of both, and you see both throughout the Bible. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Malachi 3.16, or the Italian writer Malachi, (laughs) says, Those who feared the Lord... (laughs) Those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord did what? Listened 
and heard them because they feared the Lord. Matthew 10, 28. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy the soul and body in hell. That's our Lord and Savior. That's our God we serve. That is Jesus Christ who died for you and for me so that we could have eternal life. To fear God is to walk in such a way as to have his smile upon you, to look down on you, and to be proud of you, proud to own you, proud to be in relation with you. That's this type of fear. That's this type of fear. You wonder how God feels about us? Acts 9.31. Then the churches throughout all of Judea, Galilee, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord, walking in the fear of the Lord, and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Second Corinthians 7.1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Living under the awe of God will produce holiness. Let me say that again. Doing this produces holiness. We're seeking that. We are seeking to be holy. To fear God means to live in such a way that you would be afraid to insult God with your life. To fear God is for a Christian to live in such a way as to demonstrate incredible respect for the integrity and the holiness of God. That's what we're talking about here. We don't need to go back 2,000 years. I'm seeing your heads nodding. That's exactly what you want right now, today. I do too. I trust that the Lord is smiling upon this service today as you worshiped him and we honored him and one another. As we sang songs, as we listened to his word, as we considered it, as we prayed, as we meditated, as we just strengthened our relationship with the Lord. He gave us a blueprint for cultivating a culture of honor. He told us to honor everyone, love the family of believers, have respectful fear of God, honor the emperor in 1 Peter. My son Tommy's 11 years old. He's going to finish his game, and he's with his mother watching the service online right now. I asked him as we drove to all these cities I mentioned at the start of the service, Tommy, uh, let me describe this fear of the Lord in this verse. And what's the first thing that comes to your heart and to your mind? This is my son. He's 11 years old. Could have said anything. He said, the resurrection. The resurrection. We worship and serve a God that is worthy of honor. He died for our sins, and he demonstrated that he's Lord. He came out of the grave. He resurrected to have a relationship with you for eternity. For eternity.
Now, please close your eyes. Please pray with me. May the Lord delight in and smile upon you and your families. May he bless Freedom Church and all the veterans in attendance. And may he strengthen and bless our pastors, their families, our support staff, as they persistently honor and love everyone that crosses their path. May we be Christians of honor and pursue it daily. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you so much, Colonel Curry. Uh, you can be seated for just a moment. For some reason, I find myself having to be very careful. I want to say Reverend Curry, but it's Colonel Curry. <laughs> and I may be speaking prophetically. Uh, if the band wants to come forward, uh, Colonel Curry, you have tackled a really difficult subject today. It's solidly biblical and something that we need. Young people, maybe you haven't seen it. I tend to have a little bit, you know, more age on most people here today. But I know over my life there's been such an erosion of honor. And I know that is not in the heart of God. For family members, for parents, for children, just for life in general. And civility and honor is something that has just, has just been eroding and disintegrating. And I believe, as Colonel has said today, that stand up in opposition to that is the Church of Jesus Christ that says we're going to live in honor. And first of all, I think it honors the Lord. I think when you honor other people, you're honoring the Lord. When you do, you honor, it's, it's, as you do it to other people, as Scripture says, you're doing it unto the Lord. And in it, it happens only in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Often, Colonel Curry today said, I'll be honest, this was hard for me doing this. It's what the Word of God says, but it was hard. So I'm going to ask us to do two things today. First of all, I'm just going to ask us, could we just open up our hearts today to the Lord and say, God, I want to live a life of honor. I want to live an honorable life. But God, I want to live a life that shows honor to where it's due, God. And, and we need the Holy Spirit to be able to help us in that. We don't need less of the Spirit. We need more of His Spirit because the only way that will happen is as we walk in and through with the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Father, today, as we just come to you today, Lord, we need your Holy Spirit, Lord, to work in us. God, we read, we, Lord, all these different instances, 350 instances about honoring and all the lists of people that we're to honor. And Father, sometimes it's really difficult, Lord, as, as Colonel Curry has, has spoken. But Father, we want to honor, Lord, where honors do. And we want to align ourselves with your word. So I pray that corporately as a church, as a body of believers, oh God, that we would run contrary to what culture is. And that, Father, that we would be individuals that live lives that are honorable and we would show honor where it's due. In Jesus' name. 
not to pursue, Lord, just to scratch others' backs if they scratch ours or because they have the same political persuasions or because their doctrine aligns with our doctrine. But God, would you place your heart within us in the name of Jesus Christ to be all that you have called us to be. God, we can't do this on our own, so Holy Spirit, would you help us to live this out in reality in a very tangible way beginning today, oh God. And just as we're called to love all people and just to show that love and to show respect and then honor, Lord, we know that will come through you. And so, Father, we know it happens as we align ourselves with you. And so, Father, thank you for that today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we love you today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, oh God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.